Greetings and welcome to another episode of the God Speak podcast hosted by myself and my associate, the Greek. I'm the Archon and we've progressed on to episode three of this series after having covered the topics of the ancient world and the spirit and the soul. So today we're going to build on those topics by expanding on the notion of the gods themselves. I hope you enjoy that conversation. Godspeak has no political, religious, or corporate affiliations and is completely managed by myself. However, the possibility of offering donations is open to whomever wants to do that on my sister site, greekspeak.com. So, again, thanks for tuning in, and let's get this episode started. Hello, Greek. Everything good since the last time we spoke? Yes, hello. It's seem seemingly so. Okay. Well, yeah, it's been a while, but um, I thought we'd look at the topic of the gods this time. We've sort of talked around that in previous episodes, and um, I haven't wanted to dwell too much on them because I knew this episode was coming and we could just cover it more deeply on a full episode. So to begin... We've already defined the word God on a previous podcast, so I don't think we need to return to that sort of stuff. But I thought we'd start by talking about the general perspective about the gods, because there's an infinite amount of stuff written about them, and a lot of it doesn't really lead to clarity on what they are. So you either have to piece it together through personal study, or you just subject yourself to the misconceptions of Hollywood and fiction. I think there's a CW TV show called Supernatural, where a lot of people have gotten their ideas from in the last 15 years. The X-Files is probably another one. So my first question is, given this quantity of literature and anecdotal stories and religious traditions, how does a person begin to sort through information about the gods and their society? Well, uh, you could look at everything, and then you might want to stop looking at anything at all. Uh, one could just say, when you say the gods uh, in convention, it would lead one towards the convention of what mainstream religion is supposed to provide. So that is unavoidable, but uh, I, I think the approach where you want to take here maybe is to is to add clarity or create a clarity that hasn't been uh, provided before, which is uh, through simplicity and through examination. And then ultimately we could uh, even say through one's experience uh, with the information because it is going to be just about purely informational uh, uh in the end, I should say, because we're not having any overt contact, as we know. Right. Um, you know, what I, think... I meant about overt would be like a large flock of birds, a swarm of locusts, a whale sighting. And of course, you know, I'm, I'm giving examples here that are animated, you know, animated life forms. Uh, and not just the subjectivity, just like, for example, and you can have a room of people uh, and they each take a hallucinogenic and they each have a separate experience. But if they all have the same experience uh, with uh, the influence of the hallucinogenic, one can say that's no longer subjective and it's a uh, quote-unquote uh, objective sighting based on the, uh, of course, then examination of who uh, who is making the sighting, right? They like to say, well, these are credible people. They're uh, businessmen, professionals, trained observers, whatever. Uh, so when I said mass sighting, I meant in, that, in the case of uh, crowds uh, – or, you know, three or more or even better, such as crowds witnessing something that um, is rationally and logically uh, guided as being of the gods, not an act of God as called by, you know, by many, which would be, you know, through natural phenomenon. 
So <clears throat> I think, again, just referring back to the term who are the gods might be the simplest way to start. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll pick apart, you know, some individual ones later on. But one of the things I've noticed is how many words exist for descriptions of these supernatural entities. You've got the common ones like God, spirit, ghost, demon, angel, but then you also have phantom, genie, poltergeist, and the list goes on. Are those designations arbitrary or immaterial to you because of folklore or pop culture, or do they represent actual distinctions of species that are worth being aware of? For lack of a better term, species, and it would be the world that they uh, occupy in a non-physical way, overlapping into this world when you look at the, the whole milieu of being uh, quote-unquote paranormal, which... Uh, which eventually, here's the thing, will eventually the two worlds will will meet and mesh and interact more openly uh, to, for most people again. Uh, what, uh, let's say fortunately and unfortunately, we, uh, we're limited by our perceptions. So we can grant that some people have a more acute uh, or, or less acute or whatever perception, and that's the ability that they're able to function in and determine, you know, whether certain things exist or not. But I don't know if I mentioned it with you uh, on any of these sonic events before, but you hear a lot of uh, this term about denial, for example. Like, uh, you know, atheists say, well, you know, they deny the existence of God and all that. But in the systems of logic uh, that are held by academia, in order to deny something, you have to uh, initially prove that it exists before it can be denied. So I just wanted to throw that in there because I might bring up that term denial uh, to certain you know, just uh, refusing for cause is 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 not meaning that something doesn't exist, right? So again, let's just maybe jump around a little bit. You know, when we say the gods, we go back um, uh, through antiquity and ancient times. It seems like a great part of the the writs that we have uh, that are still still existing in the present today have some um, mention of. Uh, a god being or the concept of a god being and from extremely specific uh, qualities and, and traits and detail to just the general, <clears throat> let's say, uh, attributes, you know, where, you know, in a god or just gods are mentioned in general terms. So if we start looking at all of that um, from the past all the way to, to the current day, um, it hasn't changed much. It's pretty much still held intact. Perhaps the frequency of using that term and incorporating it in one's, uh, let's say, daily life or in public documents is diminished quite a bit uh, from what has you know, been preserved in quantity. You know, uh, One could say that uh, they haven't gone away, at least as, as a figure of speech. But if we look at beyond the figure of speech and we look at the traits and the qualities of who they were defined to be, they're clearly um, superior in ability to humans, and they're clearly not of this world. And when we say not of this world, when we say the gods, it, most of the time uh, people look up when if you were to ask uh, any of the quote-unquote people at any time, where are the gods and who are they, they tend to refer to something above. And above can mean... Uh, uh, beyond uh, what we consider to be the earthly realm. Then, of course, there's the anti-concept of God, meaning most people consider things as being good, and when they're anti-good, they're usually down. So the good is above and the bad is below. So that that is the, the, the simple, immature-ish, 
you know, public, um, how would you say, publicly consumed, you know, generalities about the gods, those, those things that I mentioned in brief. But if we look a little further, we'll see that um, edifices, monuments, and ritual, you know, and all those things required a, a lot of human effort to develop. Of course, most of the monuments to the main varieties of gods that we hear about in ancient times have, are lay in ruins, which is philosophically uh, something to be considered because anytime something is in ruins, we tend to rebuild it. If there's a rock slide on a road or a building burns down or is destroyed for whatever reason um, or, or natural or man-made or war, uh, things tend to be rebuilt. But most of these temples of uh, and buildings and edifices that were built towards the gods from ancient times yet uh, remain in ruins, which is a question that people are not asking. Uh, why are they still in ruins? So I think there's a, a deep psychological and spiritual value to that. This is of the ancient deities. <clears throat> uh, the other thing that people can use to associate with the gods is the part of their life that they consider faith, their faith, because, you know, there really isn't any faith and there really isn't any god. There are many faiths and there are many gods, which is also stated in many ancient writs, the gods of certain people. So they tend to uh, be part of a nationalistic model. So one would say, you know, how they ask, uh, what came first, the chicken or the egg? What came first, the god or the nation? And clearly we see when we look at what is written about the gods is that they are responsible for the forming of nations or being as patriarchs or matriarchs over nations. So they, they're loosely saying a political tie-in with them. And beyond that political tie-in, you have the various qualities and traits of the gods and attributes. So you'll have gods that are regarded for uh, reasons of health, uh, reasons of um, fertility, you know, reasons of seasonality, reasons of elementals of the earth, you know, the god of the ocean, god of the sky. And uh, they all t tend to represent almost uh, eventually every aspect of what we consider to be reality. But yet they're not part of this reality as we see this reality. So the, it doesn't mean that they can't be defined. So it's something of the mind at this point or the spirit. I think we talked about the what the spirit is and how it is the mind. So when we talk about the gods, we can say spiritual beings. Again, it's about the mind. And uh, I think most of the problems that people call problems unsurmountable things that they believe that they don't have solutions for and one day will have ultimately become problems of the mind, which are problems of the spirit, which are tied in again with spirit beings known as gods, whether they're of different order all the way, you know, from main gods to lesser gods to various imps and demons and angels. The society of the gods uh, is in front of us in a spiritual way in our minds, regardless uh, if they're quote-unquote denied, believed in, or whatever, there's enough information about them that one can plainly speak about their existence in such a capacity. And uh, one could say, well, since they're just of the mind and their spirit, they don't matter as much as, you know, uh, carrots and sticks or hammers, bombs, food, or, you know, anything else that are more real. But I would suggest that anything that people find as a challenge, we'll always find it as a mental challenge first, which is a spiritual challenge, which is a challenge 
posed by the gods themselves, just by the language itself, just like many people that are trained in philosophy and, and uh, quote-unquote quote unquote science and many things um, in academia that people look up to, when you study what uh, being an educated person and exper uh, experienced in the academic uh, arena, it would all be of the mind anyway, it sends, you know, some of the lab experiments and things that they do. So there is a little bit of a hypocrisy with humanity where they tend to revere and give social rank and status and entitlement to people that have spent a great time of their life exercising their mind, which is a spiritual thing. But then they tend to also, in modern day, discount that aspect of the mind known as the society of the gods that tends to exist there at this point. So I wanted to bring up the element of hypocrisy as well, because there is a, an interesting aspect to that with any subject. Yeah, that, that's an interesting point. People discount the things that they inadvertently give credit to in a different aspect of their lives. But it all speaks, in my mind, to some type of external manipulation that has to take place for that blind spot to exist, because you would think that people's intuition would point them to it, and yet it doesn't. And so... Ultimately, you still have to go back to that realm to figure out why it is that we don't acknowledge it. Mind control, spirit control, God control, it's all together in one. Even a, even a husbander uh, or a caretaker or a farmer of farm animals knows that uh, edifices, fences, um, structures that he installs and builds to control the animals are mostly psychological to the animal, to direct the animal. Uh, into what they what you know where they would like them to be located or whatever they want the animal to uh, be engaged in. You know it's really hard to fathom that you know um, the corrals and fences you see built around um, animals on agricultural settings could really hold a two thousand you know a two ton or a ton and a half animal in when you know clearly two men can uh, can defeat it. So it's just the animal sees it as a block and it's good enough. Uh, the concept of electro fences and things like that. So there's a saying that says that the, o the only reason one could have a ranch with buffalo behind a corral is because the buffalo uh, wants to be there. The moment it, wa it wants to leave, it will just go through anything you put in front of it, right? So that's more of the, of the wilder sense of an animal that supposedly is kept. But um, humans, <clears throat> by the way, we're not animals, even though we tend to be warm-blooded and things like that. We're of a different ilk and... I think in the past and other sonic events, I've gone into the difference between humans and animals. And uh, in many writings, uh, supposedly, the animals do accept, uh, direct, um, dict you know, observe their dictates given to them by the gods where people always question it. It seems to be a, an underlying principle. So even though we see them as lesser, lesser forms as, as a society, in, in terms of the gods, they, uh, they deal with them more directly. So until animals can talk and give us more specifics, we're going to have to rest with pieces of, you know, literary works that tell us that or state that. But I would say it's about mind control until, again, we have – until, by the way, people will get, again, in the future – yes, you know, a lot of people say this. It's never now, so you don't have to prove it, right? Uh, but it's in the future that they, there will be an objectifiable overt uh, presence of this other society. Uh, mingling with this society so whether it's a day to look forward to that's up to who's may look forward to it or not want to look forward to it <clears throat> but again 
the problem that I see with humanity at whole is uh, they see everything as opinion. They've been trained to do that. And, uh, and some will see it as a fact because they quote unquote believe it's so and others will not because they don't believe it's so. So humanity is still um, not in a position cognitively, emotionally, spiritually, you know, to uh, objectify information or objectify um, just basically information or communication. They tend to act on it um, on whether it's preferential or not based on personal preference, but mostly I would say through their culture that they're living in. Yep, I get what you're saying. Um, because of the variance and diversity in all the stories and the lore that exists about the supernatural, it does seem like that realm is very haphazard to a lot of people when they do contemplate it or even when it's portrayed on in literature or, or TV you often hear accounts of, you know, a poltergeist haunting a house or a ghost on a deserted bridge or a succubus spirit causing sleep paralysis or something like this. And so people have a feeling that at best the spirit world is unorganized and free for all, or at worst, it's mostly malevolent. Um, but you've spoken of a tiered so uh, society. Can you elaborate on that structure or hierarchy and how certain behaviors are based on where a spirit is in that hierarchy? Yeah, I would suggest so. But I would say that... Uh... There's a disassociation of physical matter when the gods appear as they are without changing themselves to be in the in this reality. So you might have what's uh, negative results from any god, uh, by the way, unless they appear to you as as something benign. So uh, the multiple tier can be just that uh, it could be. Uh, you know, you have the physical realm and then the initial realm of the gods. And then if you were to, let's say, through a thought experiment or through by studying what is written about the gods, go into their realm. Or if you were actually brought there, you know, of course, it would be considered subjective. And if you ask that in, once you're in that godlike realm, are, do you guys have uh, is there another godlike realm and do you have a god? And they would answer yes. And that would be another realm higher than them. And most people on the planet have lost that uh, communication and don't have that information, which is another discussion. So there were many tiers, yes. And like you said, the lower ones, I call the various lower gods or imps and demons. And if you just call them gods, that would be fine too because uh, a human king or a human street sweeper is still a human if they're compared, you know, comparatively spoken of in another realm. So you, it would be a matter of rank and ability and status in that world. Um, and when I say status, how it's acquired, uh, I don't know. Um, and, uh, and it doesn't seem to be as temporal. It doesn't seem their temporal nature is not relevant to ours in terms of they don't, they're not born and they don't live and they don't die in durations that we understand. But yes, the, just the, the asking about, um, the various minor ones that people call paranormal activity and imps and demons, yes, they are definitely part of that realm as well. All right. You spoke of the king and the street sweeper thing, and that brings to mind, to me, this contrast between the vertical and the horizontal organization of power. The vertical we all understand as far as top-down, king at the top, street sweeper at the bottom. But there's also the horizontal dimension of in and out. And I've had a bit of trouble conceptualizing that um, until recently. I guess the closest thing that I've got to that is like being in a hotel. And it's got 100 floors and all the important people are obviously going to be higher up and it's harder to get to. 
But once you get to the floor, there's another dimension that you have to traverse, which is going down the hallways and knowing which door to pick. And there could be a hundred doors on one floor, and some of the doors are fake, and some of the doors look like the wall, and you don't know exactly where to go, and you could turn left and turn right and get lost. And if you don't have information as to which door to pick and which path to take to get to the high-value person on that floor, you're just wasting your time. You still haven't really achieved anything. Can you speak to notions of how certain um, dimensions within the, the world of the gods are divided in that way? Well, I, I've been speaking on it's a lateral kingdom, not a vertical kingdom that man is typically associating with hierarchy. And when I say that, they yes, that's a good analogy with the hotel. When you said pick a door, not as a lock picker to get in, but essentially the, that whole analogy you gave was for security purposes and also to keep those uh, unwanted away. But uh, another way to say that the those that kingdom or the is more lateral than vertical, they do have a vertical component, but it tends to then go to another realm altogether, um, where the humans are all of various status in the same realm, right? The uh, the lateral component is actually even simpler to comprehend uh, when people say, well, they're part of my inner circle and they're part of my outer circle. That's a lateral component. So, you know, you have those out in the courtyard, and then you have the inner courtyard, and then you have those that are in the chamber. That's lateral again. So they tend to emphasize a lateral um, kingdom on the higher than the, the next realm, mostly. But I would suggest that um, when you see military order, how that's set up, when you see governmental orders, how that's set up, they have a very similar model. In other words... One could say that the military orders and the uh, governmental orders and in certain, uh, what do you call like clubs or institutions, private institutions, they have orders as well. Those are not human inventions. They're just ignored on how those inventions came about or those structures came about. I would suggest that they are copies of how the gods arrange themselves as well. Military government order and, you know, other secret, the other subgroups of society orders those things were appear to not have been of human invention. And eventually we can even state that there's very little that we have originated. It's, it's borrowed or stolen, if you want to refer to Prometheus. And um, uh, I would say that uh, the hierarchy is a very simple one to um, accept, whether it's vertical or lateral, but I would suggest the... The um, the concept of the gods that will be revealed to humanity um, to guide, steer, and of course thwart in many ways the path that they're current on is the is the society of the gods that is more of the lateral type, where again you're the inner going in and out, you're on the left hand or the right hand, right? It's not so. And technically, what they do mention that particular society of gods does also mention when you review things as the planet or other things like faculties of nature, they become vertical, like the earth will be a footstool. That's more of a vertical uh, order. But humans and the human order will be lateral, in and out, inner circle, outer circle, left hand, right hand, um, is what I would suggest uh, people consider as the basis for me saying it's a lateral kingdom. Yeah, that's some good food for thought. Um, sort of a, one last point on this aspect of the structure 
When you look at the relationships that mankind currently has with the gods, a lot of it seems to manifest in either underground occultic practices or these unreliable one-off occurrences, um, whether it's, you know, seeing a UFO or a demonic possession or things like that. And so you have this veil of ignorance separating people from the gods, and only when that veil is pierced through that kind of coincidence or freak occurrence do people go, oh, well, there's something else there. And I know that's not necessarily always true because the governments and the big corporations are active in doing their own summonings and whatnot. But generally speaking, what does it take for the gods to reveal themselves is kind of what I'm wondering. Because we can all draw pentagrams or play with Ouija boards. And yet for all these, you know, Wicca or voodoo and psychic stuff, none of that helps modern man achieve any clear understanding. Well, let's just... Uh look at it from a very simple point of view if you approach a society let's just say uh, objectively uh, let's say you're traveling through the cosmos or happen to be in another realm just besides the, the current physical realm you're gonna have to accommodate the um, perceptions of those that uh, that uh, you want to acknowledge you a simple example would be there's a, a, a group of children and they're very immature children and you want them to acknowledge you other than physically appearing as a large, tall, you know, human, um, you might accommodate them by saying, hey, um, I have candy, I have ice cream, I have toys for you. You see, that will get, that will more than um, have them perceive your presence, but they will then want to engage you because of their own immature desires, let's say, or they're, of course, culturally have been shown that that's what they should want anyway. At a young age, they do pick that up. So they, they would have to, uh, the gods at this point, would have to consider the, the what is in, in the culture and the minds and the programming of the human to experience uh, object, uh, on a mass level for them to acknowledge that what they know about the gods is true. So it would be control of nature, overt, um, you know, the reversal of processes that are in nature that are uh, always known to go a certain way they might stop them or um, uh, they might appear as uh, anthropomorphic um, beings and ultimately they might satisfy those who um, are students of prophecy and fulfill those prophecies just to show that uh, we told you so we're the ones that told you about this and now we're doing it and ultimately you're going to have to um, accommodate the desires of the culture that you interact with, which is interesting because there's something called the end times and all cultures, regardless if it's a small native indigenous culture or the mainstream religions, what they're supposed to be using as their in ancient writs about the gods, they're all in, have one thing in common is that man's society will come to a destructive end, meaning the way his society is structured and there will be a, f a small remnant left. And, um, that would be attributed to the gods. And no matter how much scientists also predict that, um, the scientists seemingly cannot do more than one or two natural catastrophic events at a time where the gods are actually involving many catastrophic natural events. So to be more specific, what people consider to be end times prophecy in any culture, by the way, including, quote-unquote, you know, New Age psychics, they all state that there will be a lot of destruction. 
and the Titan and to show that it's probably from the gods, it'll be, you know, cosmic, solar, lunar, uh, weather, earthquake, uh, asteroid, all that. And the all in unison or within a very small time frame. This is common amongst all cultures for those that have studied this, where the scientists limit it. Oh, it's either this or that or maybe. So you will see, quote unquote, humanity at large becoming believers in the gods when the quote unquote end time, quote unquote, what they say, apocalyptic or 